0: This is Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. You are listening to the Odd Dead Out podcast, and normal is not my specialty either.
1: Beginning Odd Data Out podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the usually frazzled Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. You can find me at Odd Dad Out on all the social media places and at odddadoutpodcast.com. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and empty out all the crap in my head. I make fun of some weird new shit that just needs to be made fun of. And I tell you about a podcast that I think you should listen to because I think you should listen to more podcasts. Trust me. It's good for you. (laughs) How are you doing out there, dear listener? Uh, So, yeah, hell of a week, huh? first off, I just want to say thank you to everybody, everybody who listened to last week's show. If you noticed, I literally put in the, in the, at the top of the the show notes, Hey, this is an emotional one. If this isn't what you're here for, you can skip it. And I'm just going to say a lot of people skipped it. Just say that. But I also received a ton of feedback and and everything from from last week and so thank you to everybody who reached out and everybody i've been talking to in this last week um quick updates because i want to get that out of the way <laughs> so yesterday what well, should have been release day i'll just say it. i i i've uh, again, if you follow me on the social media, you know these things. But uh, long story short, yesterday morning, I curl up in bed after, you know, send the older boys to my wife. They all leave, go to work, go to school. It's just me and Sam hanging out and we're laying in my bed. He's got the laptop watching Netflix and we're we're sitting there doing that. We doze off. Next thing I know, it's almost lunchtime. Which also means we basically slept the whole morning in. Which is great from a sleep perspective because it means I'm actually rested for once, which is amazing. Oddly enough, believe it or not, this means I still only had maybe four or five hours of sleep. But it's to have a lot more than I normally would have. But anyway, we, we sleep all the way up until basically lunchtime. And I realize normal people, lunches in the afternoon. For us, it's actually mid-morning because our entire life schedule is shifted way down. It's a thing. But this is about 1030. <laughs> so we're like, okay, shit, we got to get up, go have lunch and go eat lunch. Well, at this point, I can't put him down for a nap so that I can record the show. Because he, he we we slept all morning. He's not going to go back and lay down. And I can't expect him to. That would just be rude. So I for the most part, I, I just couldn't do the show yesterday. It, it, it happens. Uh, but. Yesterday we also just kind of getting updates and stuff out of the way. Um, last, last yesterday, yesterday evening, we got the call from the vet that the ashes were in for Shelby and Emmett, and so we went and got those, and we now have them all, all the boxes. They're nice little cedar boxes, and we've got a paw print from Emmett, and we're looking at it, and we're like, you know, he he always had like these giant badger claws, and on that imprint they that have, they're like, Man, you just see his giant claws and little tufts of fur and things that got stuck in the the plaster when it was done and all that sort of stuff. So we've got that. And it was a little tough, but we've got that. So they're all home now. And <laughs> so that, you know, that that is that is that. Um, we're waiting on the tree for the living urn for Shelby, which should be here Friday. And then we'll move her from the little cedar box they she came home in into the planter urn thing. And yeah, so we'll have that. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do with the boxes, with the others, with Emmett and Cheyenne, but um, you know we'll cross that road when we get there. Uh, I don't remember mentioning. You know, we had always had kind of a plan, or I had a rule, I should say, where Brianna was always very, uh, she always wanted another puppy. It's like you're always looking at Humane Society and wanting to adopt another puppy, and she just. She gets puppy fever like a lot of women get baby fever. She has zero desire to have any more kids or be pregnant again. Not at all. But, man, she gets puppy fever. And she was always trying to adopt a puppy and all this stuff and I always told her, like, no, we're not getting another puppy. We're not getting another dog until after Emmett's gone because I don't want to do that to him again because the last puppy we brought into the house was Cheyenne and he outlived her. And You know, he was three when we got her and I've told the story before she had cancer. We ended up having to put her to sleep and that was about five years ago. And so she was only about five and he was 12. He outlived her by basically her entire life and they were really good friends. And I didn't want to have, you know, at his age, he did not need a puppy bouncing around you know, being crazy around and having to deal with the headache. It, it's just like having a baby. They're just really yippy and and loud and, 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 and really needy for attention. And you got to give them so much, ah, it's, it's, I don't want a puppy. I really don't. And so <laughs> just because the last time we had a puppy, we've been through this, uh, puppies. Uh, if, if you've ever had a puppy or you're considering a puppy, think about it this way. Every horror story you've heard about having kids is the exact same thing with a puppy, except they they howl instead of cry. <laughs> babies cry. Babies are demanding. Puppies howl and they they get into shit and they destroy shit. When at the point where is what we would call babies are basically a doorstop for a few months before they are mobile at all and can roll over and crawl or any of that stuff. They basically can lay there and cry. That's all they can do. Well. At that stage for a puppy, they're running around and doing all of, the, all of the stuff and they're chewing on everything and they're destroying shoes and they're shredding clothes and they're getting into the trash and they're, they're peeing on the carpet because they haven't learned better yet. All of those things. So you have to be hyper, hyper, hyper vigilant with a puppy. I don't have the energy for that shit. We, we've done all this with kids. We have older dogs. I'm, I don't want to deal with puppy puppy issues. But again, my rule was no new dogs until after Emmett's gone. Again, we expected that to still be a few more years. Well, then we got Jasper. And Jasper, much like Cheyenne, he's he's about seven now and he has the temperament of a puppy still. He's super needy and he's he has uh, uh, he has separation anxiety, stuff like that. I've talked about him before um but you know we we realized that in the absence of Emmett he needed a companion jasper needs a companion but when the time came and everything happened our immediate thought was jasper needs a companion but we can't bring another dog into the house right now and that was our our sort of mentality and we were thinking Okay, when the time comes, the dog will find us. We will we will know when the time comes, when it's right for us to have another dog and get another dog. And, you know, so the funny thing is, it, 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 it was really a, a big emotional thing because we went from... We will find another, you know, we'll get a puppy after Emmett's gone. And we were probably, we were looking at possibly getting another boxer because Rihanna loves boxers and Cheyenne was a boxer and they're just big, dopey, silly, fun dogs. And they're super lovable. They're like the most friendly, dopey, um, <laughs> vicious cause they're labeled as a vicious dog. They're, they're one of those boxers or one of those breeds that, that are on the ban lists like, like, uh, pit bulls and Rottweilers. And they're not, <laughs> they're, they're, they're super protective, but they're also big dopey dope faces and they run sideways and they're, 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 yeah, they're dopey. That's it. There's, there's no other word to describe boxers, yeah. you know, boxers, like they've been punched in the head too many times and they don't have all of their faculties together. That's what the dog is. That's the temperament of a boxer dog. But, <laughs> but again, now we have Jasper but there have been some rescues that have popped up and young like 6 month 9 month old dogs in need of families that we're actually thinking about and i don't want to i'm i'm really bad with this i've never gone out and acquired a dog on my own all of our dogs have always been handed down or parents got them and we took over Them, my sister, all of our dogs so far as in my adult life, married adult family life, came from my sister. We've talked about this. My all of my sister's pets are now my pets. And so I have not gone out and picked and found a dog before. I've never chosen a dog. I like dogs, but I don't, I've never gone out and reached, I've never gone out and actually acquired a pet. Pets just come to me. My cat and cats when I was single. It was a stray that literally ran into our apartment one morning. We just kind of adopted her that way, and that just you know spiraled into she got out, she got pregnant. Now I've got a lot more cats. Whole other story. But all of that sort of stuff. I've never actually gone out and chosen a pet, and so I don't know how to do this whole choosing a pet thing. And Rihanna wants to. She she's not sure if. She's ready, but she sees because she still gets puppy fever and she still sees pictures of of dogs in need of a home and things like that. And she wants to help and she wants to get a puppy. If for no other reason, then she's just still got puppy fever. But it's really going to be a matter of, I told her we need to see the dog. We need to meet the dog. We need to see, is this dog going to be a good fit for us? Also, when you have another dog, you have to make sure they're going to get along. And apparently... There's one that we're looking at that she found today that also has separation anxiety like Jasper and I wonder it's like well if they both have anxiety are they going to help each other or is this just going to compound our issue <laughs> I don't know we'll see maybe we'll we'll try and see if if we can go see her this weekend I don't know but that's just kind of a thing but enough for those Pet, pet, puppy, animal updates. (laughs) Speaking of this weekend or last weekend, since we're still, we're still in the update section. um, Remember how I mentioned that my teeth were killing me and I was going to the dentist and I thoroughly expected they were ripping out a ton of teeth. Well, that didn't happen. I went to the dentist, but they didn't rip any teeth out. Um, They went in, they did some x-rays. They immediately were like, yeah, you've got a really nasty infection it's basically from through my gums all the way up and like it's extending almost to my sinuses and so uh, they're like yeah we're not gonna pull anything right now and they gave me a crap ton of antibiotics like i'm taking something like two thousand milligrams of antibiotics i gotta take these monster horse pills every six hours and man this thing it's a good thing they're not really nasty flavor or anything. They don't taste awful. Then again, I've gotten really, I've gotten tricks down to where you don't really taste it, but I'm taking these monster horse pills and they actually gave me, um, some Tylenol with codeine for the pain. And I've talked about my resistance to pain meds and my tolerance for pain. And at this point, my pain level is manageable. I'm, I'm really not taking anything for the pain. I think I took one of those one night because I forget what we had for dinner, but after dinner, because my, my regular standing pain had diminished. I had just, I naturally chew on my right side and that's where all the pain is. And so by my, just naturally everything drifted and I started chewing normally. And then after dinner, my teeth were just everything lit up because of all that pressure on there. And so yeah, I took one that night. I think it was like Sunday night after dinner. I was like, "Nope, I need one of these tonight." And again, the one thing of all of my resistance to pain meds, like I can take five Tylenol and not get an effect. Uh, ibuprofen's the same way. Hell, morphine's the same way. I you, it takes a lot of morphine for me to get anything out of it. That really sounds bad when you think of it. But I, I just, I have a. A certain tolerance for pain and meds. and so the one thing that I don't have any resistance or tolerance for, and I'm actually kind of a lightweight about is codeine. And so they give me the Tylenol with codeine. and I, I think I've mentioned it before. There was a point where one of my big like annual I'm going to be out of work for a week, sicknesses that hits me seems to be like once a winter. Um, past few years have been broken ribs coming from those, but those big things like that. And I remember they gave me the codeine cough syrup. And I remember taking my little cup of that and, you know, it takes a while for medicine to kick in. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down, have some breakfast had like a plate of eggs and toast. And I, I, at that point I was basically stuck in bed. Because it hurt to breathe with what I had. And so I remember taking that, sitting there with my plate and almost falling asleep in my plate, like falling asleep, sitting up and falling in, almost falling into my plate as I fell asleep. I was like, okay, this works fast. I'm going to lay down. And I put my plate on my side table and went to sleep. But codeine is the one thing that can knock me out. And so I, w- I was very hesitant to take these pills. I incidentally, because we didn't have any dessert stuff and we do have like fancy creamers and stuff, we ended up having like coffee for dessert that night because we were both just kind of in sweet moods. And so we just had like some really sweet, like we've got the, I've talked about the almond joy creamer before where it tastes like you're drinking a candy bar. That's just it. So we have our, our, our sweet coffee dessert that night watching uh, American horror story, catching up on that or Masked singer, whichever one we were watching. And I was like, all right, I'm drinking enough coffee to counter the the codeine right now. But I went from dozing like, and then Rihanna was like, let's have coffee since we were all out of ice cream. So I made coffee, drink coffee. Okay. Countered the codeine enough. (laughs) And so that was it. But yeah, that's, that was, that's been fun. Well, this Saturday now, I am scheduled back in first thing. Ugh. Long Fridays suck when you got to go to the dentist at 8 a.m. But I've got now this Saturday, I'm scheduled to go in and actually have two teeth pulled. And they're going to set up the whole plan for everything else going forward. And we're going to look into possibly having all of my, I, I mentioned it before, but having my entire all of my upper teeth removed and have a full denture put in with implants and all of that. So that's going to be a fun thing, but you know, kind of setting that plan forward so that I'll eventually be able to eat. And so we'll see how that goes updates later. And that'll probably be one of the first updates once uh, November starts and I'm launching i say launching and I'm rolling through into national podcast post month and the combination of interviews and, and my solo daily spiels and ramblings. And I'll probably be doing a lot of these where it's the, the emptying my brain portion of stuff. And I'll have days of news and I'll have days of recommendations. And I'm going to see if some throughout the month, if I can grab some more interviews to do but I'm going to basically be peppering out the interviews that I've already done, which I need to edit and fuck. I need to edit and I still need to put together next week's show with Kate from ignorance was bliss. So much. I've got to do so much editing, but it's going to be fun, but all that work, (laughs) it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So we'll, we'll do that. And once we get there, we'll get there. Yeah, it's, Thinking about it, just making me like, ugh, it's it's just, <laughs> just it, it's a task. It is it is a task, and I'm gonna try the thirty episode, the thirty interviews thing next year. But right now, just thinking about the amount of work I have ahead of me for the interviews I have is going to be tedious, and so I don't um, <laughs> I I I don't envy me right now. Just with what I think I've got eight or eight or ten interviews to edit. So it's going to be fun <laughs> and they're long. It's long recordings because I don't shut up. Like, you know, I, you know, I I've got, you know, one case, a three hour conversation. I've got to make something usable out of make something digestible. Cause I'm not about to release a three hour conversation and a lot of it just us rambling and, and bullshitting. And so uh, I've got to, I've got to get I've got to do that, and <laughs> so that's it all on my plate right now, along with work stuff, along with tooth stuff and dental stuff, and kids and winter concerts coming up, and oh yeah, it's almost November and Thanksgiving's going to be coming up, and Halloween is coming up next week, and so much crazy, and it's just so much to to do and think about and all the the stuff, and so. Yeah. <laughs> but as part of a hey, let's just keep the creepy rolling because it's it's October and next week is Halloween, and it is the this is the last episode before Halloween. Normal this is the last normal episode. <laughs> the last normal episode before Halloween. So I'm gonna play a bunch of creepy promos or somewhat Halloween-related promos. And I'll be right back with the news. What up? This is Dina Marie, the host of the Twisted Philly podcast.
0: There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome, Welcome to, to Twisted, Twisted Philly. Philly.
1: You don't have to be from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, for that matter, to get into this show. You just need to
0: like some seriously weird, twisted shit. Plus, listening to me gush about the places I love to go, the history I love to tell, and the really sick, twisted
1: crimes we've had going on here since back in the Victorian era. So come sit a spell with me in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. You can find me on iTunes and all the other major podcast apps. A little bit of horror, thrillers, and everything nice? Oh, sorry, I most definitely did not mean nice. I'm Natalie, and I'm the host of A Girl and Her Horror, where I review a horror movie or show in five minutes or less. From The Haunting of Hill House to Us, foreign and American, classic and innovative, I'll be covering them all. Look for A Girl and Her Horror on your favorite podcast player. There will be spoilers. I hope you're not afraid of the dark. Remember, links to all the stories are in the show notes at odddatapodcast.com. I feel like I need to disclose that because nowadays there's so much shit with people being accused of plagiarism and non-disclosing shit. And you know what? Even Whether I say it or not, the links are there. Just saying. If I talk about news, the links are in the show notes. It's on the website. Go look at it. Consider shit disclosed. All right. First up... (laughs) Uh I I I'm I'm just going to say it. Kellogg's and Glad have gotten together, like Glad as in the G L A D D um I'm now blanking on what it fucking stands for. I'm sorry to all of the 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 gay and lesbian and all of the other the LGBTQ community. I blanking what the fuck GLAD stands for. I'm sure somebody's going to yell at me, but anyway, they are getting together to release all together cereal with the big purple box and rainbow lettering, and it is the gayest fucking cereal box you've ever seen. And the problem with it is that it's a big lot of bullshit. <laughs> so they're they're. The, the PR on this and the marketing on this are like, oh, hey, we're releasing this special limited edition all together cereal bringing together all of your favorites in one box. And on the cover, you've got Tony the Tiger and Toucan Sam and Snap Crackle Pop and the fucking chicken from Cornflakes that I'm blanking his name. I know he's got a name. I'm just forgetting it. You got the Sun from the Brazen Brand and all of these guys and... The the box implies that this is one cereal and everything else implies this is one box of cereal with all of your, all of these cereals. So cornflakes, frosted flakes, Rice Krispies, Fruit Loops, and Raisin Bran. Let's just say there's a lot of flakes in this. Yeah, cornflakes, frosted flakes, and bran flakes. That's a lot of shit. Oh, and frosted mini-wheats. The frosted mini-wheat guy is on the box. I think looks like Tony the Tiger is holding the mini-wheat. Um... They're all together in one cereal. The problem is, that's a big fat lie. (laughs) Because what this actually is, is a ridiculously overpriced variety pack. Because the big purple cereal box with all the bright gay lettering is just a big purple box with a bunch of little boxes of cereal in it for you to mix yourself. So, uh, did I mention this is $20? For a box of cereal. I don't care what the fuck is in it. Because that's too much for cereal. But the fact of it is. This is one big regular. Well it's one regular size cereal box. With six little boxes in it. So it's basically just a variety pack. And you know what? A variety pack of eight boxes. Costs about five bucks. So. The fuck you say? (laughs) You're way overpaying. And the whole deal is Kellogg's is saying they're going to donate $50,000 to glad, which all things considered, that's not like a day of cereal sales. I feel like this is a big PR bullshit smoke screen. There's a big purple rainbow fog over everybody who buys the bullshit that this has anything to do with supporting glad or anything like that. Because let's be fair Kellogg's could donate a fuckload more than fifty grand to GLAD if they really cared, and they're just saying, "Hey, we're going to donate fifty thousand dollars to GLAD, not we're going to donate ten percent of, or we're going to donate ten dollars from every box sold to GLAD." No, it's we're going to make this big gay cereal, which isn't at all. We're going to put make this big gay cereal box variety pack. We're going to charge you four times the going rate for the cereal. Oh yeah, there's less in that than there is in the regular variety pack, by the way. We're going to give you this overpriced cereal box that you're probably not going to open because collector, collector's item or some shit. And then we're just going to give $50,000 to Glad, regardless of how much cereal we sell. But, you know, it's just, it, it's a big bunch of marketing bullshit because of the fact that there's no disclosure. It's not either the amount they're donating has no relation to the cereal box. They're just making the cereal box and saying, Hey, look at us. We're being inclusive. We're bringing everybody together. No, you're not. You're making a fucking nasty ass fucking cereal for one. I bet anybody who does open this up and try to put these together or just go buy the variety pack and do it yourself. It'll cost five bucks instead of 20 and you'll get more cereal. It's going to taste like shit. Because let's run this down again. You have regular cornflakes, frosted flakes. Okay, that's fine. Raisin bran. Hmm? Fruit loops. Uh, frosted mini wheats. And rice krispies. This does not sound good at all. These flavors do not all play well together. The only thing that could have made this worse... Is if they threw in like fucking cocoa puffs or cocoa pebbles or whatever the fuck. I'm trying to think of a chocolate cereal on the Kellogg's brand and I'm blanking Kellogg's cereals right now, but it doesn't matter because this is going to be shit. (laughs) Do not, whatever you do, do not mix this up yourself. It's going to taste bad. Oh, and then I think the most offensive thing is the Rice Krispies and the the raisin bran. And I don't mean offensive. Like, oh my God, I'm offended. I mean, offensive. Like that's bad. This is going to not work. Rice Krispies turn to glue, basically. And Raisin Bran is a completely different type of flavor profile to all of the other cereals here. Everything else. Basically, you, you got to pull half of these out. The corn Flakes, the frosted flakes, fine. You put milk on frosted flakes, they turn into cornflakes. Fine. You can accept that. And even maybe if you want to spruce it up, the, the, the fruit Loops don't hurt. Don't Don't hurt that. And, and, but the raisin bran, the raisin bran, you're adding raisins to this entire equation. And the fact that the bran flakes are a whole other sort of bitterness and they don't mesh well with corn flakes. This isn't going to be good. Again, Rice Krispies turned to glue and, oh yeah, frosted mini wheats. This is going to be the nastiest, messiest bowl Whatever asshole in PR department came up with this needs to be slapped upside the head because this is just going to be fucking bad. And again, overpriced variety pack, bad marketing bullshit. Yeah. Bad. Okay. Enough bitching about a really, oh, I fuck Kellogg's. Ugh. <sighs> Calm down, calming down. Moving right along. Let's get out of the cereal land. And, and, well, what do you do after cereal? You go to school, right? Right, you do. No, you shouldn't. If you're listening to me, you shouldn't be in school. You should be an adult. Explicit tag and all that jazz. Well, a high school in St. Louis has canceled their entire football season because the coaches were playing fast and loose with the identities of players. And, no, this isn't like, you know as some sort of illegal immigrant thing or anything like that. No. Although you could totally sit there and draw parallels, I guess, if you wanted to be that kind of person, but <laughs> basically they were taking ineligible students and students with suspended playtime. Like, Oh, Hey, this kid suspended for three games because he did this thing, whatever. Like rules say this kid can't play for three games. well, the coaches were going around like, okay, Johnny. Fuck. I don't need it. I don't have a lot. I'm terrible with just making up names. Have you figured that out yet? Okay, Johnny. Well, Johnny Manziel. I'm just, fuck it. You're Johnny Manziel. You're suspended for two games. So you're going to suit up as Tim Johansson. (laughs) And instead of being number four, you're going to enter the game as number 24. And Instead of being a junior, you're a freshman and nobody's going to ask, why is this freshman starting? And man, that freshman just, you know, did like 200 yards or whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't know sports, but (laughs) they're like, and so basically one of the school officials caught them basically. They're like, Hey, that guy's not supposed to be on field. He's suspended. Why is he in the wrong Jersey? Why is he in the wrong number? He's listed as being a freshman. No, that's a junior. And he's suspended because of some shit he pulled last year in the, in a game. And so they figured it out and they were like, Oh, the coaches have been doing this with suspended players and ineligible players who like their grades weren't up or whatever. They'd give them a different name on the roster. They'd give them a different number. They'd play under an assumed identity so that they could still win. And they just stick these players in because they didn't want to lose their star players or whatever, because you know, standard protocol in football, chances are the star players are failing. (sighs) Most of the star players are ineligible. That was a, we knew that when I was in high school, it was a running gag with our, our chief competition. We knew that most of the kids on the other team and my high school football team, like most of our rival teams, uh, players were ineligible and they They eventually, I believe they eventually got in trouble for uh, doctoring grades. Doesn't that all, you know, they were like, oh yeah, you ever notice how as soon as football season's over, all those kids start failing. (laughs) That was the deal. Anyway, this is basically what was going on. The coaches were fudging uh, students so that they could play. Well, they decided, you know what? We've got a problem with the team. Seasons canceled. Oh, yeah, the entire coaching staff, you're all fired because you're break. I'm when it comes to like school sports and stuff, the state oversight of school sports basically means things like this actually end up being illegal, illegal. It basically ends up constituting fraud because, you know, schools are state funded and state funding and sports and things. And you end up breaking the law. And so they're like, "Eh, yeah, fuck all you guys are fired. Get the fuck out of here. It's just a game. Speaking of it's just a game, it's not that important. Make better decisions. A TV station in Dallas (laughs) got in a lot of trouble last week when they decided to stick with the Cowboys game instead of airing tornado alerts. That's right tornado alerts an entire wave of tornadoes hitting the area and fucking tornado alerts and warnings and shit going off and they did not cut away from the football game to notify people that there were tornadoes on the ground on the ground what the fuck it's just a game and guess what dallas sucks (laughs) I don't know football, but I know the fucking Cowboys suck dog balls. Maybe that's just because I don't like football and I was never too big on, on Dallas Cowboys to begin with. But my understanding is this year they really fucking suck. Either way, it's a fucking game. It is fucking football. The tornado is more important, you fucking asshat. And they issued an apology. It was poor judgment. No, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. It's just a fucking football game. It's not that fucking important. You know, I, I'm willing to bet if there was like a commercial break or something that happened in the middle of it. Oh, man, that would have been great. Oh, we couldn't lose the ad revenue. We couldn't cut away from the broadcast. Yeah, you can. It's an emergency. Our emergency alert system interrupts everything. S- six minutes they aired before they cut, before they like commercial break. <clears throat> like You fucking idiot. Some people probably lost their homes because you didn't get, you know, they. I actually, I think nobody was hurt. I don't know. I don't follow the weather in Dallas. I just follow stupid shit news. And this was stupid shit because fucking people in Dallas. I'm surprised because as much as, as Texans worship football, football is church in Texas But they were actually pissed. Maybe that's because the Cowboys suck and it didn't matter that much. I don't know. (laughs) My one Cowboys fan is getting really pissed right now. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Enough of those assholes. Let's get the Halloween spirit in full effect with the Jackass of the Week. Now, this one's a little unconventional. This is a group Jackass. And this goes to several places that basically there are towns now who are making it illegal for you to trick or treat if you're over a certain age. Yeah. What the fuck? I did not, I have never had a lapse in trick or treating and I've said this before. I went from trick or treating as a kid to trick or treating as a, as a teenager, taking my little brothers out to trick or treating as an adult, still had a younger brother, and would still take my little brother out. To eventually having my own kids, I never stopped trick or treating. I I think last year was the first time I I don't remember if I dressed up last year or not, but still I went out. I still go out, and yeah, now I'm going out with my kids, and I'm not necessarily collecting candy, but I was collecting my own candy probably until I was 19, really. And I, I honestly, I think even older, I think I was out trick-or-treating with my little brothers, you know, and still like, Hey, I dress up with them and we'd all go out trick-or-treating until I was in my twenties up and basically until I got married. And then after I got married, then we were taking kids out, but yeah, I, I never stopped trick-or-treating again. I trick-or-treated myself until I was basically before up until I hit 20. So what the hell? Now they're saying, oh, if you're over 12, you can be put in jail for six months and fined for trick-or-treating. That is just some straight-up bullshit. I don't care what the fuck you want to do. You're going to make it illegal to trick-or-treat over a certain age? What the hell kind of asshole city councils are you guys And there's, there's more than one. It's not one place. There are tons of cities across the the country that are doing this shit. Like, no, let whoever, if you want to fucking trick or treat, go out and fucking trick or treat because that is some bullshit. No matter how you slice it, trick or treating is fun. It's just fun, you know? And yeah, there are asshole kids who go out there and there's asshole teenagers who go out there and they're vandals and they do shit but you know what when you get a bunch of teenagers who were just having a good time and want to go trick-or-treating and walk around the neighborhood one hey you got a bunch of kids that are walking it's 2019 you realize how rarely kids walk anywhere nowadays just saying but everybody got together they're being it's positive everyone's getting together having a fun time and as long as they're not the asshole kids who are being destructive What's the problem? Like, I want to give candy to those teenagers. like, why? Why not? They're not hurting anything. What's the fucking problem? Because you know what? If I showed up to your house at 34 in costume, I want a fucking candy bar. I put in the work. I walked all my happy ass from my house all the way to your house. I smiled at you, you bitch. I want my fucking candy bar. I don't want the cops called on me. Because I'm too old for trick-or-treating. There's no such fucking thing as too old for trick-or-treating. And that is it. And anybody, any city, any town, any whoever the fuck, anywhere in the country or the world who tries to pass a stupid fucking law saying you are too old for trick-or-treating can kiss my ass. I'm going to calm down. Calming down. Going to take a drink of coffee. I'm going to play another promo, and I'll be right back with with a reason to worry about those kids that are going to be knocking on your door on Halloween with this week's recommended feature, Murderous Miners, Killer Kids.
0: It is written, the meek shall inherit the earth not on my watch. I am King Silas. I wasn't born to be a king, but America needed something democracy could no longer give her. And so, like a chess master, I made my moves with anticipation and bravado. This is not just my story nor simply about my rise to power. This is a story about our world and the monsters that control governments. What happens when the monsters cannot control me? The Rise of King Silas. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Visit the rise of Recommended listening. <laughs> this is Murderous Miners Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Miners, Killer Kids.
1: Murderous Miners, Killer Kids is a true crime podcast with what has to be the most disturbing focus of any show I've ever heard of because it's all about kids and no it's not about every you know all these cases of where kids were you know went psycho and serial killer kids and things like that but those are some of them <laughs> you know some of them are just cases where something happened kids like whatever you know. it's 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 hard to just detach yourself from the idea of it's, it's killer kids period. It is basically, and, it, and it's not just, you know, a five-year-old who, who, you know, strangled her sister or whatever. It's also, you know, again, K through 12. So it, it's also a lot of them are high school students. And, and, and so you'll get those 17 year olds who go crazy or get into drugs and do something really stupid. And, you know, that, that sort of stuff. But fuck, just the idea that there are enough murders and and deaths caused by minors that she has managed to put an entire show together around the subject. (laughs) Mildly disturbing. Also disturbing, she did basically a month of stories focused on Arizona because she's local to me. She actually, uh, War Baby, the host, actually, basically, much like the guys from uh, BSP, uh, Believer Skeptic Podcast, lives on the other side of Phoenix for me. <laughs> we're all in different suburbs of Phoenix, but yeah, she's over on the east side. And so she, it was painfully obvious when she did those Arizona focused stories because a lot of them were right in her area and she got very detailed. Into the region and the makeup of, well, this, the, the history of the different communities that things involved, and very much setting the stage when talking about, you know, they went from he, this location to this location. And well, the girlfriend lived here and he lived here and they went to school here. And she got really in depth into that stuff. So it was really, it was very funny listening to that, knowing all those locations like, hey, I know where Gold Canyon is. (laughs) I know where Mesa and Chandler and Gold Canyon and this and this. And And it's like, I know all these places. So it's it's funny listening to that stuff. But I don't listen to true crime. I've said this a hundred times. But there are a handful of shows that I do listen to that do classify as true crime. Um, Twisted Philly. She has some of a a sort of a true crime element. I don't listen to it as much anymore because it is so, I mean, the entire show is focused on Philly. So, but there's a true crime element there. Sometimes um, ignorance was bliss. Sometimes she, she's gotten much further away from the true criminess. Sometimes she still kind of dips back into that pool, but this is the only 100% true crime show that I listen to. And again, this is a case of, I started listening to the show because she's a local to me. I really like supporting local Phoenix, Arizona area podcasters. And so I listen to a lot of shows from local people, and there's a lot of great shows. <laughs> and it's like, even though true crime isn't really my thing, and when you think about it, niching down to something like kids has got to just be the worst possible stuff. This is the stuff that will give you nightmares. And it's not particularly gruesome all the time. Now, she does get into the details. She will. She talks about, you know, she she doesn't skate over some of the more difficult things that happen when, you know, a kid chops up their parents with an axe or something like that. She doesn't skip those details, but she doesn't linger on them. Because, and it's kind of a trope of the true crime Genre as a whole, uh, as what uh, Kate from *Indignants* was bliss will describe as uh, a murder porn, where the they want all of the gore and all of the like how you no know, how much were the entrails spread across the crime scene and how much blood was everywhere and all that. That's not necessary to convey the story, and for the most part, *War Baby* keeps that stuff in check especially when you're talking about kids and very frequently you're talking about their parents or grandparents or siblings, you know, a lot of the time in these stories, it's a kid who killed their parents or their grant, their guardians or whoever, these are sensitive stories and she gives them the due respect and doesn't get too hung up on the gruesome, gory parts of it. You, you, you under, you start to learn more about these situations and, all of the crazy that goes on and there's a lot of trying to understand the motivation in there too of the okay so this was going on at home and this is going on and we don't quite know why this kid snapped that way and so as much as the idea of a kid potentially being a serial killer and there have been some of those stories but those those things are just terrifying completely terrifying but they're a lot easier to listen to for me because of the way she delivers the story and the way she tells the story and i I, i've said this before about moxie from your brain on facts when moxie is just talking her voice is different than moxie reading and moxie delivering and with war baby i've heard her on other things her normal speaking tone very natural her delivery on the show almost sterilizes some of the story she doesn't get crazy emotional or crazy like some of again it's a trope of the true crime thing and almost a, the the uh, you'd say it's a stereotype of true crime podcast where it's hosted by two you know, uh, housewives who are sitting there drinking wine, talking about murder. That is the trope of the, the true crime podcast. Well, and then you get, and a lot of them, and I, and why I don't listen to a lot of true crime is because a lot of it is that. And a lot of it is the, Oh my God. And then he just like beat her with the ax so many times. And it's like, no, and a lot, and again, it's a lot of the oh my god, and the, a lot of the housewifiness, and the uh, all of that crap, and the, the tone of it is a lot of that. And and it's not all of it, but it's it's a lot of very popular shows that are of that vein, where they're laughing through these horrific stories, and maybe they're laughing as a self defense mechanism because oh my god, that's so fucked up, this whole thing is so fucked up, but and they kind of laugh through the story. And probably also because they've been drinking for hours by the time they get to it. But still, when I listen to War Baby tell these stories, she keeps this shit flat. And and I mean this in the best way possible. She is so dead monotone telling these stories that you, you just focus on the story and what's happening. And you absorb the details of it. And you don't get caught up in her delivery. Her delivery allows you the ability to absorb the story and understand the situation and all the circumstances and every, all of the details of everything that happened. And she goes into a lot of detail. She, she really does dig deep on these stories and it, it's kind of crazy, but this is, this is the one full blown true crime podcast that I listen to. And again, I started because she's a local and I could literally meet her. I could drive across town and meet her and whatever, go to the the monthly Phoenix podcasters meetup or something or something like that. I could do that, but I just haven't because, you know, introverts and so long drive and stuff like that. But I still listen to the show. Even though under any other circumstance, I wouldn't be listening to a strictly true crime show like this, but I do. And I listen to her because of the way she does this show. And again, it's kids. And that is probably the most disturbing category of true crime you could ever imagine existing. Just thinking about kids killing kids and killing parents and killing random fucking people because, man, again, there were kids, serial killers. But I can listen to her. I can listen to this show. And that is something that I would not have thought. Again, I've tried listening to true crime shows because I tried listening to the popular stuff and I didn't like them. I just didn't. But I can listen to War Baby. And so if you are at all into the true crime thing, you need to check out Murderous Miners Killer Kids. You can find it in all of the regular podcast places, which you know how to find because you're listening to me right now. And of course, as always, links in the show notes and on the recommended listening page at odddeadoutpodcast.com. But that is going to do it for me this week. Man, that went on a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for putting up with me and all of my crazy and all of my emotional breakdowny stuff. Again, links to all the stuff I've talked about and all of the recommended listening features and past episodes and all of that. Links to subscribe to the show, all of the things you can find at odddeadoutpodcast.com. While you're there, you can do all of the things. You can subscribe, you can donate to the show, like my awesome Patreon supporters, Heather, Lisa, and Sam. Chris and Kate, you guys are awesome. And if you want to support the show too, you can go to the support tab at odddadoutpodcast.com. There's lots of stuff there. There's Patreon. There's either buy me a coffee. There's a PayPal link, lots of things, or you can just buy yourself a hoodie or a shirt or all of the things. I know I'm rambling and rambling, but join the oddballs Facebook group and interact with other weirdo people that put up with my crap every week too. And until next week, my oddballs, thank you and good night!